Back by popular demand, it's time for some more trans jokes. Oh, shit. Cis people are really good at using they-them pronouns when they don't want their partners to know what gender they've been hanging out with. <laughs> shit. That's by That's true. Facebook user uh... Grimly LaCroix. <laughs> at Lynx Yan says, why is being trans so expensive? Because everything's a transaction. <laughs> I know. That explains why I'm so fucking broke, I guess. <laughs> you gotta get your bling. <laughs> At Eggs Made Edgy says, why don't robots have any brothers? Because they only have trans sisters. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I wish I were an inanimate object like a transistor. You know, my sole purpose being to just store energy. <laughs> I can plug you in and make electronics work. I think that applies. <laughs> At Queer Lucifer says, without HRT. Hold on, hold on. Wait, their name is At. Queer Lucifer. At Queer Lucifer. Hey, we need to at this person and become friends. (laughs) Without HRT, Christmas would just be (laughs) Sismas. Yeah, I know. That one took a minute. Uh, This is from at Inside Out YS. What did the non-binary prospector say? There's gold in them there hills. A transgender person. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgender, a podcast chronicling my transition. And a cisgender man learning how to support it. I want to get out ahead here and say thank you to our audience for hanging in there these past couple weeks as I have been going through a pretty major crisis and have been dealing with a lot of external mental health related trauma. I did about an hour live stream the day that we're recording this, talking about my experiences, and that is up on my YouTube channel. You can feel free to go take a look at it any time that you'd like. I'm going to leave the raw footage up, so please feel free to go take a look, watch it as you need. If you want to understand or are going through something similar with your mental health, I think it's a really good resource for you. If you're having trouble finding my YouTube channel, the link is in the Instagram post. It's I on can, the Instagram post, yep. Yeah, and we'll post it with this episode as well. Absolutely. Well, we're just really glad you're back and that you're doing much better, Anna. And uh, I found the messages from our audience to be really sweet and caring and just to really appreciate you all during this time. This week, we have a question from a listener. If you want to send us a question, please do so at questions at transgenderpod.com. This question is from Evie, who wrote, Hello, I am a transgender female. I am very confused about myself and haven't come out to my parents yet. Do you have any tips for people who haven't come out yet to make yourself feel better? This is going to sound cliche, not helpful, and honestly infuriating because that is the experience that I went through going through this and looking for these answers. And the honest answer is, it depends. 
you know, I found ways to make myself feel better for about 10 years. <laughs> um, and I tried to keep it from my parents. What I found worked really well was asking my support systems, friends, especially for like donations of clothes, you know, to do makeup or paint and nails or something like that at school. You know, I used school as a really big resource for me to try and get ahead of my gender dysphoria. But yeah, no, it's really up to your own situation. Evie, I don't know if you are in a dangerous situation, if your parents are transphobic or what the case may be, but you know, it's scary, especially if you don't know what your parents' reactions are going to be. And it's, it's, it's scary too if you do know what your parents' reactions might be. I found that if you build yourself a good support system, especially while you're young here, come out as early as you can because it will hopefully save you in the long run and you won't have to go through a whole bunch of trauma. I just think getting through those, you know, early, early hardships of coming out is really important. And again, this is me speaking out of turn as a cis person, but I've been welcomed into some trans communities. And so what I see in those communities, um, the Discord server that I was invited into and, and got to talk to a lot of, especially trans kids, is just finding community, finding people to talk to, working through those experiences together. It, it seems really lonely to go through this and to have these experiences without anybody to talk to about it. It can be, especially if you're the only trans person in your group of friends, if you're the only person who is experiencing, as I like to call gender, n- no matter what that may be, you know, gender expression, experimentation, gender, like if you are, tr- if you're dabbling with and trying to understand your own gender, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of experimentation that can happen. And I just like to bold it up and just say, you're experiencing gender. And for those people who are experiencing gender, finding other people who are also experiencing gender is really, really critical um, to feel more like yourself, to have people who know what's going on. It's so challenging if you don't have those people to bounce what you're feeling off of, because sometimes there aren't words. You know, I, I am a podcaster who talks about my transition, and there are so many topics that I'd love to talk about, but feeling capable of talking about, because there's literally not words in the English language to describe how certain things feel, like dysphoria. There's not, there's no textbook that I've read that has any credibility that describes dysphoria in any way that is accurate or helpful. So it it really just depends on your situation, who you trust around you. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I think out of all of this, the best message is go to who you trust. Go to your friends, go to communities, um, utilize resources, don't go through this alone. That's the worst option. But, you know, like, go to those people you trust. And honestly, like, come out as early as you feel safe to. And everybody's transition and everybody's coming out as their own story and they need to go through that themselves. But I honestly beat myself up all the time for not coming out earlier and suffering unnecessarily for so long. And I'm lucky to have people around me who support me. But I don't want anybody to go through you know, that feeling of beating themselves up, wishing that they transitioned earlier, wishing that they could have gone on on puberty blockers and not had to go through everything that I went through specifically. Absolutely. Is what I hope for other people. 
And if you are having a hard time finding a community for yourself, there is one really specific resource out there that I've I've heard very good things about, and that's GenderSpectrum.org, which uh, specializes in connecting uh, trans youth uh, under 18 with other trans youth. But they also, uh, for those of you that are parents and listening to the podcast, uh, have a number of affinity groups for parents. Parents that are men in particular, uh, there's a specific group just for, for them. Uh, there's groups for BIPOC uh, people who are the caregivers of uh, those that are, are transitioning. And I just found that to be a really helpful resource. I actually signed up for an affinity group myself and haven't been to one yet, but uh, I'm excited about the prospect of being able to talk to other caregivers who have trans folks in their life to be able to just, you know, discuss how to support our trans people and in the case of being a trans youth, how to cope and how to be part of this transition and how to make this work best for you. You know, and I I really want to get ahead of everything here and say this is a challenging time, especially for those of you who don't feel like you have anybody to trust, because that, that was a point where I was at and it, it can be really, really, really detrimental. If you are feeling any intrusive thoughts suicidal ideation, anything like that, thoughts of self-harm, please reach out for help. It is there. It is That's what it is meant for. The Trevor Project has some really good options out there. Otherwise, also look out for your local um, mental health services, crisis lines. Um, I know in Minnesota, we have TextMN, which is a suicide hotline. And just be sure that you reach out for help if you need it especially because I just went through something like that. So Yeah, that's really important. Please take care of yourself in this process. Be really gentle with yourself. You're going to be okay. So our main topic this week is going to be very near and dear to my heart, and that is role-playing and how to feel euphoric throughout role-playing. And we've talked briefly about this, you know, having said that both you and I, my father, play female characters in video games and everything. And I wanted to just say... There is a lot of good that can come from role-playing games, especially if you have a supportive group who either knows that you're transitioning or is supportive of whatever type of character you want to play, which honestly every D&D group should be. Every role-playing group should be, I'm sorry, not even just D&D. So how to feel euphoric in role-playing specifically? Well, the the main part is finding the right game. <laughs> I know that a lot of online players and things like that have like World of Warcraft or other role-playing games, RuneScape, where they are able to play a little bit more more loosey-goosey with their identity and everything. And I think that's really good, especially for people who are in dangerous situations. You're at least able to find a safe space within that community. If you are in a safer community and you have a group of friends who you trust, who you've talked to, or who you trust and don't feel like you will get injured, hurt, anything like that, I think that an in-person group is really important for board role-playing games because it gets you a chance to practice vocal therapy without seeming off. Play characters who maybe have a deeper voice if you are trans-masculine or have a more feminine voice if you're trans-femme. Or honestly, try and just meet in the middle if you're playing a non-binary character and you're like, I don't really know what this sounds like. All of my characters for the last, I don't even know, many, many years have some sort of gender going on. Either they are... Many, um, many years that you and I have been playing together, that's for sure. uh, Like a demi-gender. Demi-girl, demi-boy, whatever. Um, 
They might be gender fluid. They might be faith fair. They might be, you know, something like that. And it, it gives you a really good opportunity to explore a space for yourself without feeling like, without feeling the pressure and all of society crushing you. Like it can feel like when you're starting to transition and express yourself more outwardly. Having a group that you're playing with, obviously, that are supportive of your transition is the key. I mean, that's the best case scenario. But the great thing about D&D is there's a lot of support in the system to play anyone of any type and be that person without a lot of judgment around the table. So when you were talking about, you know, going through vocal therapy, the player's handbook itself even has the line, you don't need to be confined to binary notions of sex and gender. And I think... You know, Wizards of the Coast is kind of a piece of shit in general, the, the owners of Dungeons and Dragons. But the fact that 5th edition literally has that line in there does speak to what they're going for, which is we're really trying hard to provide this open canvas for you to play any type of character you could possibly imagine. And I think they're even getting better and better at that as they release, you know, newer editions and, and newer pieces to the uh, fifth edition. So there are two things that I'd like to say before we move on a little bit more here. And the first one is the creators of D&D in my experience, not Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast has their own problems, but the creators of D and D specifically has a very solid queer backing and just helpful and hopeful staff. I love D and D. I hate Wizards of the Coast, but I love D and D because they are working on building the capabilities of players to do more of this exploration in a safe environment. The second thing I'm going to caution against is don't play a character with your name or your like don't play yourself basically and right. i say this with a lot of experience having done this and that's because it draws you out of the safe environment and makes you feel really tense during sessions you don't really feel like you are able to get into the fantasy of the game you're not able to be role-playing in that and so you know if you're thinking about a name if you are wanting to see if that name works don't use it in D&D, don't use it in a role-playing game, because it's going to feel too much like you. Where I think that that is a little bit less of the case is if you are talking about, like, an online game or something like that, and, you know, your friends, you're getting close, and they ask you what your name is. Feel free to say whatever name you want at that point. Like, I have had super good communities of people who called me by my right name before anybody in my general life did. So, you know, there is, there is good technique to be able to experiment with these things in a safe environment i would just caution against playing yourself or your envisioned self in a role-playing game it draws you out of it so we've had some really interesting experience uh, in media being able to look at some examples of trans representation in dungeons and dragons in particular or role-playing games and one of the ones that i think we have found interesting is the introduction of a um, trans non-player character in the adventure zone the podcast that you and i both really like yes. it's created with by four cis men uh, together as they're working to create this world and the dungeon master in this case decided to create a trans character Without really consulting much uh, his brother who he uh, wanted to make the twin of this character. So there was some interesting tension there and some working through that. And then his own trying to be representative within the game without having a lot of experience with trans people. And so they have talked a lot uh, in the, the the Adventure Zone, which they talk about their own game a lot. And they talk about sort of this process that they go through. And, um, you know, Griffin worked really hard to take this idea that he had 
had that I wanted to be representative, make some mistakes early on, get some feedback from the community and his own players, and start to build this character that by the end felt really special and was a good representation to me as a cis person of what a trans NPC in a campaign could really look like in a healthy way. And I don't know that you and I have ever talked about Loop uh, and your feelings about her, so I'd love to know how to, how you felt about that experience. Yeah, I mean, whenever you have four cis men you're going to run into probably a few issues. And I love the McElroys and they've gone through their own growth and everything and understanding. And that hasn't changed my love for them. You know, I, I've never thought about canceling them or anything. But Loop is a challenging character for me because while it's representative, which I think is important and not done enough in our society, she is played by a white cis man with, as I understand it, little to no actual experience with gender or even somebody, like, no, like, consulting with somebody who has experience with gender. And so he makes some mistakes, and I think that that's fine, you know, like, we we all do. And overall, I love Loop. Loop is one of my, if not my all-time favorite character. No, Taco's my favorite character from The Balance Art. Um, <laughs> Taco is the best character. But, uh, <laughs> they're all very good, though. But Loop is is one of my favorite NPCs that has ever been in the podcast. You know, as much as I think that there are issues, especially with the lack of trans experience in the character... I think that it's really admirable that they're trying to include representation and play a character who is so outside of their own, like, boundaries. Do you like to save money? I know I do. That's why I've started using Upside. Upside is an app that gives you cash back on your everyday purchases. I personally save up to 22 cents per gallon on gas, and there are deals for up to 30% back at restaurants. And if you use our offer code, you can save an additional 15 cents per gallon on your first gas purchase and support the transgender while you're at it. Just go to Upside.com to get the app and use offer code Cameron 634 Nine three six. That's C A M E R O N six three four nine three six to get fifteen more cents off when you fill up your tank. Make your dollars go further with cash back from Upside. The trouble might be that you fall into stereotypes yes. if you don't have real world and lived experience of these things. Yeah, and that that is a big part. What I will say is. Justin, another one of the brothers, playing Taco, a non-binary character, or I believe Taco is he-they. I don't think it's ever established Taco's pronouns, but it's sort of an ethereal, like, floating away kind of thing. I don't think Taco's ever referred to as she or anything other than he and they. So I'm I'm going to go with out on a limb and just say that Taco, I'm pretty sure, is a he-they. So Taco fell into a lot of pitfalls in the early stage of things and not just the like gender side of things and the sexuality side of things but also the oh the the racist side of things like people were thinking that taco because of his name was meant to be a a mexican character and that it was like bad in the way that like things were going about that you know taco is gay and Justin's voice for the character was really problematic early on. 
Which it's it's interesting because again, there are nuggets of goodness in these things, just enough to make it okay. Especially later on, as they get better about learning and growing those characters. But he was basing the voice specifically on a friend of his, <laughs> a gay friend of his, and so you know that. So it was hard because it's an extremely stereotypical gay voice from media that represents gay people. But in Justin's mind, he's like, "This is the guy I want to be in this character," and so just. A nugget in there. I, you know, I will say, if you wanted to lure me in there, you should have stayed handsome, my fella. Yeah. You know, the the other thing that I know a lot of my friends have pointed out, and something that I have also thought about, and um, I'm going to preface this by saying I am not bisexual. I'm going to talk about a bisexual character and the problems that I have heard about it, and my own thoughts on the case. If you want to know what bisexual people think about this character i'm sure that there are like readings online about it but i want to talk about aubrey little a character that travis another one of the brothers played for a different arc of the campaign uh that was set in west virginia and it was set and the character was inspired by travis's bisexual friends now one of the most common complaints that i hear about this character is how stereotypical she is and how I don't want to say bad, but it's bad how bad Travis plays her. Like, he leans in so hard, unnecessarily. Like, the thing about playing characters who are different from ourselves is to not lean fully into things. The way that I like to do it is I like to make it known and then play the character as the character comes out. And the way that Travis plays his characters is so different. It is, I'm going to write down as much as I can and then barrel on in it with like those preconceived ideas and when you do that with a character who is so unlike yourself a female bisexual person for a straight cis man like that becomes really really problematic to me um because all you have to go on are these experiences that have been told to you i'm sure carefully by your bisexual friends i do this podcast talking about my transition and yet i am a very guarded person my life is an open book to an extent (laughs) and so i don't tell people the hard i don't tell people the hard stories i don't tell people all the fun stories either like I, i keep a lot of that close to my chest but i give enough that it satisfies that curiosity and a lot of people who i know who are queer do that same thing you know we share things with straight cis people that is snippets of what we actually go through or is a tiny piece of a much bigger story that we were just telling to all of our queer friends or something like that, you know, because there's not that shared experience and it's not that we are intentionally being deceitful, but it's just that like, we are so good at understanding shared experiences. And if we don't have that understanding, then a lot of pieces of information in the stories won't make sense. And I feel like that is what was going on with Travis and his friends, is that there was a lack of basic understanding there. And so what Travis had was the stereotypical what you look at when you look at a bisexual female character, right? The good news for all of you is that, or 99% of you, I guess, is you won't have to create your D&D campaign for <laughs> 
tens of thousands of listeners. And so, you know, this is where then I think probably the key point is when you are with a safe group of people and you are playing any type of game where you get to explore, including your gender, get in there and try it and experiment with it and find your voice in what your character is. And whether that is trying out what your gender identity might look like, or just, in my case, trying to be somebody else for a little bit so that I can experience something outside of myself. It's so helpful for both of us to be able to grow through that experience and through conversation around what does it look like from this perspective in somebody's life? Even if I don't have that perspective, it at least begins me starting to think about, okay, if I were a (laughs) troll, what would that experience be like? And how would I be, you know, judged? and biased against and you know what what would that look like um that's why i think it's really important to go in with an open mind whenever you're going to experiment with something like that so if you want to watch a group of trans and non-binary people play uh dnd there is a really cool group they do a live play on youtube it's called transplaner they are based in Minnesota. Um, they received some funding uh, for the Artists Respond Combating Social Isolation because they do their whole uh, D&D campaign online. And they're just – they're a really cool group of people. They have a lot of fun. And it if you've never experienced what Dungeons & Dragons looks like being played, uh, they're a really great and diverse group to be able to look to for um, what that might might be for you. So our gender euphoria this week comes from one of our listeners, Nika. Well, at band practice, most of whom are slightly older than me and all cis the other day, I came out as trans to them. They knew I was non-binary and they always respected my pronouns beforehand. But to hear them use she after asking if I would be comfortable with that had me bawling around the fire pit. In a community where everyone dresses like pirates, there's a lot less acceptance and respect for freedom than you'd expect. I consider myself lucky to have found a group that goes against that grain. And then uh, to us, just uh, thank you so much, Nika, for sending this in. Nika also said, keep up the great work, y'all. It's great to find a podcast I can feel safe turning on, and I can't wait to see what's next. We can't wait to see what's next either. Yeah, and and you know, um, Nika has been really like vocal with us and we've gotten a few more emails back um you know with some questions and some um gender euphorias please keep sending those in send us direct messages on instagram facebook whatever we are always watching for those and hopefully soon we will do a full episode of your questions so if you have trans questions if you have any questions like that please be sure to send them our way and that email address is questions at transgendapod.com. You can also go to our website, transgendapod.com, where you can click the chat with us button and send us a message there. While you're there, be sure to pick up some cool merch. Uh, we have our favorite uh, pony, the Hang It On Your Horse pony. Uh, we also have uh, some really cool... It's such a good sticker, you guys. <laughs> it's such a good sticker. Uh, we also have our Gender Outlaw um, stickers and gear um, and the titties stickers and shirts. So um, please be sure to pick those up. Be sure to check out our episode description for links on today's resources. Today we are specifically going to be linking uh, the link to my YouTube channel and the video um, that I posted talking about my experience with a psych ward and mental crisis. 
We are going to be posting a link to the genderspectrum.org service, um, a link to the Trevor Project, like normal, and a link to Transplaner, the role-playing group filled with trans and non-binary folks. Thanks for listening. I've been Cam. I've been Anna. And this has been The Transgender. Love you all, except the bigots. <laughs>